Hi, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at the Strad. The 24th of April is an important day for Armenians worldwide as Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. Here to speak to me today is cellist Ani Aznavourian. With her pianist sister Marta, they've recently released their collaborative album Gems of Armenia, featuring, unsurprisingly, music from Armenian composers. Ani spoke to me about the importance of continuing cultural traditions, drawing parallels between the suffering of Armenian people with the atrocities that are occurring now, more than 100 years later, in Ukraine. Not many people can say they play an instrument made by one of their parents. Arnie plays a modern cello crafted by her father, Peter Aznavorian, which symbolises a separate way of celebrating her heritage. Here's Arnie. Arnie, welcome to the Strad Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me from sunny Santa Barbara. Thank you, Davina. <laughs> so we're here today to speak about your upcoming album that you've recorded with your sister, Marta, called Gems from... Armenia, full of Armenian music. Tell me about the significance of this album from you being an Armenian person, why you wanted to record this music in particular. Well, Marta and I both have individual albums, uh, but this was our first album as a duo, and we wanted to present ourselves in a way that that really meant a lot to us. And what what better way than something that really felt like us? It, it's, it's who we are, um, this Armenian music, the Armenian culture. It's how we were raised. It's our traditions. And it's our passion. So this felt like the most personal way to present ourselves as a duo to the world in our debut album as a duo. That's why we decided to do a CD of Armenian music instead of, say, traditional Beethoven sonatas or, or something, which is also great and hopefully soon to come. But but this felt the most personal. That's what we wanted to present. Mm-hmm. I know that this album release is coinciding with Armenian Genocide Remembrance mm-hmm. Day, which is 24th of April. For those who don't know, can you give a little bit of background as to what this commemorates? How has that sort of affected you know, your choices of repertoire. Yes. Uh, in 1915, in World War One, one and a half Armenians were marched out of Turkey and killed as a result of, of war. And, and every Armenian that I know today has a story from those times. Uh, for us personally, it was our great-grandmother who had twin babies. And as she's being marched out of Turkey, she couldn't feed her babies. She she knew they would not survive. So she left her twins by the side of the road, hoping they'd get picked up and, and, and taken care of. And so we'll never know what happened to those twins. And so that's, that's my personal story. But every single Armenian I know has a story from that time. Um, so it's it's deep in our culture, in our history. It sort of really makes its mark. It's a lasting mark that, that we'll always remember. And we especially commemorate that occasion on the 24th of April. Yeah, I imagine that with the diaspora of, of Armenians around the world, it's no surprise that every single person is going to be linked to that time in, in the early 20th yes. century. And so, you know, how would you describe the significance of this music now, you know, particularly given the times that we're living in 
currently with the situation unfolding in Ukraine. The music of formerly persecuted people. Tell me about your take on performing this kind of music. What pieces are you playing for a start? <laughs> a big chunk of the CD is music of an Armenian composer named Vartabed Komitas, and he's sort of known as the grandfather of Armenian music. He went out and went to the villages and gathered as much folk music as he could uh, throughout Armenia. He ended up notating, uh, he was also formally trained in Germany as, as a composer. He wrote down 3,000 folk songs and in his way, and he added this this flavor, this Armenian flavor that's permeated all of Armenian music since. When we think of Armenian music, we, we kind of think of these harmonies and uh, rhythms that he invented. In these times, as you mentioned, which are so sad, <laughs> I think about the responsibilities of the refugees that will come out of this. Um, not just the responsibilities, but I think they're, I would say they're willing responsibilities. They'll have this desire to really keep their culture. They'll do whatever it takes to keep that tight through music, through language, through food. Just, I think it'll be stronger than ever. I mean, it'll be even stronger than, than when they lived, they lived in the Ukraine. That's sort of what we're doing uh, as Armenians, the diaspora, where we're trying to maintain that culture, even even though we're living, you know, thousands of miles away from the homeland. And so Marta and I are doing this through our music. It's, it's our way of maintaining our culture and paying it forward to the to the next generation. And and this music is so beautiful. It's so it's these haunting, soulful there, there's some of the music is so sad, but you can't. It, it makes you cry because it's it's also just so touching. We have music of Komitas. We have music of Khajaturian. You can't have an Armenian CD without Khajaturian. Um, Babajanian. We also have some new composers, living composers, uh, Sharafian, who's a living composer in Armenia. And we actually we have a debut piece uh, commissioned by a, an American composer. It's the lone non-Armenian on, as we would say, Odar, <laughs> on the CD. And his name is Peter Boyer. And uh, he wrote a piece called Mount Ararat for us. Peter Boyer is known for his American music. So this was really a curveball that I think he wanted to throw and we wanted to throw. And um, so Mount Ararat is a very, very important mountain to the Armenian people. Wars have been fought over this mountain, which is now no longer part of Armenia, even though it's you, you see it. Um, you see, it's right there. It, it hovers over the whole country. And every logo, every restaurant, it has a picture of Mount Ara. It's a very sacred place to the Armenian people. It's supposedly the landing place of Noah's Ark. Now that it's no longer in Armenian ownership, it's not Armenian territory, there's constant wars. It just keeps going. It's so sad that so many people have, have died over this mountain, but it's a very special and sacred place to the Armenians. It's your way to uh, connect with the past. You know, it's just interesting drawing these parallels between what's happening now and what happened a century ago in 1915, exactly. or just over a century ago. And it's your way of just continuing this tradition and immortalizing the culture, but in your own particular That's way. That's exactly right, yes. I wanted to ask you uh, one more question pertaining to your instrument. I was reading your biography and I read that 
you play an instrument that was crafted by your father, which is uh, pretty cool because, I mean, not many people can say that, right? Tell us a little bit more about this instrument. Um, did you get to have a say in the, the collaboration of, of the making process at all? Or had he made it before, before you were born? <laughs> no, he made it in the year 2000. My father was a chemist by profession, uh, but he was never happy, and he was always very passionate about classical music, uh, especially the violin, crazy about the violin. Being an unhappy chemist, he decided to change professions, and he was always good with woodworking. He made model airplanes growing up and was very good with wood. So he decided to go to the Chicago School of Violin Making. It was too late in life to learn how to play the violin like he would like at the level he would want to, but not too late to make at a high, very high level. So after this healthy three and a half year course of a violin making school, he started making instruments. And at the time I was borrowing an instrument. And as many musicians know, when you're borrowing an instrument, you never quite know when it can be taken away from you, if the owner wants to sell it, or who knows what can happen. So it's a very sort of unsettling feeling, borrowing an instrument, even though that's kind of what a, a lot of musicians have to do these days, because they're so outrageously yeah. priced um, for, for the <laughs> yeah. fine Italians. So he decided to make me an instrument. He knew that if it wasn't up to par, that I wouldn't necessarily play on it. But he thought he'd he'd give it a go, and he it wasn't his first cello. He had made a he had made a few, and and he had made many violins. So he was well into the process of making, and so in the year two thousand, he made this cello for me. And I, I was not involved in the making process, but he knew what kind of qualities that I would need as a performer. You know, I'd need it to carry in a large hall, um, nice open sound, warm sound. So he obviously tried to make that happen, and. When I tried it the first time, because you don't know until it's done and strung up how it's going to sound, I could instantly tell that it had a very special sound. I was like, well, this is certainly worth getting to know this instrument. That was clear. Like most instruments, it really improved in that first year. And now it's great. 22 years later, I'm still playing on it. It's healthy. It never changes. Some of the older instruments can be finicky with weather changes, humidity, altitude. Uh, I feel like my cello is really stable. It's just I, I can always rely on how it's going to, to feel and sound. And yeah, I've been happy with it. I'm very proud of him. He's a much happier person since he's been making instruments. It's really sort of taught me the lesson of, of the importance of following your heart. I'm almost more proud of his accomplishments than my own. When when I play at different festivals, I'm always asked to send in a bio. Sometimes they want a full bio, sometimes they want a short bio, really short bio. No matter how short it is, I always say, please include this last sentence. Uh, Ani Aznavourian proudly plays on a, a cello made by her father, Peter Aznavourian, in Chicago. It's like, it's like the, it's almost the one thing I want people to know about me more than more than anything I've done. That, that's not important. That's in the past. But I, I like that, though. It's very significant. Obviously, I mean, when I was reading your biography, I saw that and that did jump out at me. And so I think it's it's a very nice way and it's a different way from what we were talking about before, carrying on the legacy of your culture and uh, your family's culture, but a, a different way of carrying on, I suppose, your lineage. This is your dad's legacy and you are keeping that alive every time that you Absolutely. play on the Absolutely. instrument. Absolutely. 
it's a piece of him that that I'll always have. So yeah, it's it's yeah. certainly not the most valuable instrument on the planet, but to me, it's priceless. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you made his dream come true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to say, he does get very, very proud, or 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 he'll be overly annoying about questioning me. Annie, what what strings are you using? The tone doesn't sound as good as it used to. Or what did you change? Or, or wow, this sounds great today. Like he's very. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> very on top of, of how it's going <laughs> yeah I, I wonder if it's like your dad is sort of speaking through the instrument if you know what I mean yes yeah, yes yeah. it's very true yes oh that's really cool well that's that's really interesting what a wonderful opportunity to have to be able to play an instrument that's crafted by your father Annie thank you for being on the podcast thank you thank you so much that was Annie Aznavorian you're listening to a track from Gems of Armenia called I forgot to ask how that was pronounced, but I hope that's correct. Anyway, go look at the show notes and you'll be able to see how it's spelt. And that's by Comitas, as mentioned in the conversation. And check out the show notes for details of the album, plus Arnie and Marta's upcoming performance and live stream of Armenian music on the 15th of May. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students, and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. Thanks for listening, and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.